Well, hi, everybody. I was just wondering today, as I was uh, thinking about things, it's windy and rainy, so I can't work outside, which is nice for a day off, but kind of sucks for a day off. So I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, we were messaging back and forth, and he had said that he'd made a mistake in one of the uh, uh, podcasts they were doing. Um, for the Patriot Alliance, which is a a podcast from Contra Radio Network that's just awesome. And uh, he had said that he made a mistake by saying he was pro-choice rather than pro-life because the issue was abortion. And, and it made me think, and I responded back uh, to him, that aren't we really all, as Americans, liberty-loving, freedom-loving Americans, pro-choice? I don't just mean with abortion. I mean with all of our choices. I think we have a choice whether we want to bear arms or not. We have the choice whether we want to give up our privacy or not. So we are all pro-choice. And what I found kind of odd is that uh, how things are worded. And I, I talked a little bit about the Overton window and double speak before. But when you really think about it, how the argument has been framed, and I don't know if it was done this way by uh, marketeers or government marketeers, because it's all marketing, no matter how you look at it. So if you're for having an abortion, then you're pro-choice. If you think abortions are heinous crimes against the unborn, then you're pro-life. But really, aren't we all pro-choice? I think that they've used this as a divisive way of making you stand on one side of an issue or the other. But issues have more than two sides. We all know that. There's always more than one side to every story or two sides or even 10 sides. So for me, I would say that in life, I am pro-choice. If somebody talks to me about abortion, I technically, I'm pro-choice. You go do whatever it is you want. If it's against the law, then you're going to be arrested and go to jail. But you can choose how you want to live your life. You can choose what religion you want to be part of, what business you want to start or be hired at. You can choose your standing and choice in life, whether you want to hustle and really get into the grind and make something of yourself and be more wealthy than the next guy. I remember as a child or a kid, I guess, going to school, a very poor neighborhood, actually. And uh, I remember a lot of my friends saying, when I grow up, I am not going to be like my dad, who is a drunk or has a crappy job, or we live in a house in a poor neighborhood. And, and many of my friends had dirt floors. I mean, we were that poor in South Tucson. 
The neighborhood was nice and people chose to have a nice yard and keep their house clean. That was a choice. The, the kids I had talked to that didn't like their standing at that time in fifth or sixth grade would say, when I grow up, I choose to work harder and have a better life. Whether that happened, I don't know, because we all make choices and they're all incrementally made as we go through life. So I believe in choice. So I would say then when it comes to abortion, I'm pro-choice. Do I think it's disgusting? Yes, I do. Do I think that a woman that gets an abortion should be arrested? Yes, I do. Do I think that doctor or the organization that performed it should not be funded by my tax dollars? Yes, I think they should not be funded with my money. Because whether I'm for an issue or not, the, the actors in the abortion movement want to just go out and you know, get pregnant, sleep around, and then call it an inconvenience and that they have the right to terminate their pregnancy, which is fine. That's between you and your maker. It's you and uh, how you want to feel about life. The actual woman that was in the Roe v. Wade decision, her name was not Roe. That woman who kept her name quiet and silent, it's been released since then, but she has now become pro-life. So when you, when you look at it, you make a choice and then 10, 20, 30 years from then, you go, wow, that was really stupid. I wished I hadn't done it. You correct, you make yourself a better person and you move on. You can't go back and change the fact that you killed your unborn child. But you can definitely repent, I guess would be the word, feel bad, make some form of restitution if it was affected other people. But you can't change that, but you do have the right to grow. So I, I, I get kind of curious about the semantics, I guess, of the words or the decisions we get to make as Americans. Are you pro-choice or are you pro-life? Because if you're pro-life, then you are against a woman getting an abortion, which opens up a whole nother can of worms. Because now all of a sudden, you don't want them to do anything with their health. You've become a block against them making decisions. And as an American, well, that would be the wrong thing to do. If you're pro-choice, then you go, well, you go off and do whatever you want to do. Go get that crappy job. Go and make that bad choice that's going to get you arrested or get you in trouble or get you grounded. You go and do that. Don't send me the bill for the consequences of your shitty decisions. That's my problem with it. So I'm pro-choice. We're all pro-choice. But they've made it into a this or that issue. And with that, they've made it into a left or right issue. Well, that's pretty damn divisive, wouldn't you say? Or as Obama used to say, divisive. 
So we have to make our decisions based on, you know, what we're given. Yes, I'm pro-life. I believe in pro-life. I believe in life. And I believe that it's murder to kill your child. Now, where it, it, it changes a bit, the original decision by the Supreme Court was that if the child or the fetus was viable with no support from medical apparatus and stuff, which is kind of stupid because uh, one of the videos I was watching on this by Chris Ann Hall and her husband, he made a good point. He goes, well, a goldfish is alive. If you take it out of the water, it will die. So was it viable? Yeah, it was very viable until you took it out of its environment. So they didn't make a decision based on life. They made a decision with the courts on based on death, from what I'm remembering from the video I watched. And that's a good point because a child is viable right up until you abort it. And then you can say, well, it wasn't viable. Well, you can't take it out of the womb at one trimester or the first trimester and expect it to live any more than taking a goldfish out of the water. But if you would have let it run all the full term, it would have been a perfectly healthy baby. Now, sure, you might have a what they call a DNC if the child dies in your womb and then your body tries to you know, abort it basically naturally by having a miscarriage. And then if all of the stuff and the remains of the, the dead fetus uh, get left inside, then they, they go in and clean that all out. But that's because it has died. It was no longer viable. That's why it died. So they, they've really mixed this up. And, and, and it's great that they love to screw with us and, and our thinking. But the reality is the Supreme Court had ruled on viability. And so now they keep moving it and moving it and moving it and moving it again to where now you can pretty much kill your 10-year-old if he pisses you off. To me, it's murder. I don't care whether it's considered viable or not. It doesn't affect the mother's health. It's not like a self-defense crime to where you actually killed somebody that was going to kill you. You're, you're not going to die giving childbirth. And, and, and it's such a rare, rare thing to where maybe somebody could be in the hospital, have a cesarean, get a staph infection and die or whatever they call that. But that had nothing to do with childbirth. So it's aggravating as all hell when you look at this and, and how they use these words. And if you've ever read any of the, the things that the government sends you, like the state thing or your, your district or your congressional district on all of the things that are going to be up for you to vote on during an election, special elections, or, or uh, what do they call it when you add something to be voted on. I, I had the word and then it just leaked out of my brain. Maybe it's in my thing here, my headphones, I can pour it out. So they're worded in a way to where a yes vote is really no 
And a no vote is really yes. So don't think that they're not wordsmithing the shit out of everything that you see and I see on the news, on the media. You know, me and Don have talked about this in the Two Crazy Guys show uh, about how, you know, news commentators will say democracy, 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 democracy. And and we just think it's an oversight by somebody that just used that word, you know, kind of like when you see a text and they spelt they're wrong. You know, instead of T-H-E-I-R for their car, they type in T-H-E-R-E or T-H-E-R apostrophe Y or whatever, like they are. And and you just assume, well, they, you know, they misspoke, they mistyped, no big deal. You knew what the context was. But when 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 you hear someone like Tucker Carlson or many of the Fox News people always saying democracy. I hear it all the time on CNN and MSNBC and everywhere out in the ether. It's just floating around democracy. We're a democracy. It's good for democracy. You don't do that in a democracy. How can our democracy stand if this is good constitutional stuff for our democracy? We are not a freaking democracy. Everyone that went through any kind of social studies in high school should know that. Anybody that's old enough to have done the Pledge of Allegiance every day, you know, I pledge allegiance to the flag and to the republic for which it stands. Oh, right, there's the word republic. So the word democracy does not exist within the, the wording of the Constitution. It's, it's not there. The founding fathers hated democracies. Yet you will hear it, and you will hear it, and you will hear it. And maybe you look at it and go, well, you know, of all of the news I can choose from, I stick with this guy because I can, I can stomach 10, 30 minutes, whatever, a night listening to him. He's usually right on track, but he uses that damn democracy word. But what happens with your, your younger children that are maybe sitting there watching the news with you. You hear Tucker Carlson saying, we're a democracy. And and your kid sees that you've heard that and he hears that and doesn't ask about it. He just lets it go in one ear and out the other. And 10 years later, he's thinking, well, of course we're a democracy. I mean, my dad used to watch Tucker Carlson. He really respected his opinion. I heard him say democracy all the time. So well, what? What's the big deal? We must be a democracy. And then if you bring it up, they go, well, well really, what's the difference? Uh, there's a hell of a lot of difference, actually. You know, a democracy, I elect you, you do what you think's right. That's not representative. In a republic, I elect you and you do what I tell you to do. Basically, you're, you're following the wishes of those people that elected you. And it's, it's semantics. It's very simple little termini. But, you know, the difference between being, you know, somebody poured water, a gallon of water on you and someone poured a gallon of Pepsi on you, um, there's a difference. And if you're telling a story or explaining something, there's a difference. If someone walked up and you know, threw water on you and they were joking around, uh, it's different. If they throw acid on you, it's, an, it's assault. So... These words do have meaning, and when they when they describe it, it's like we're a democracy. 
So this is how wordsmithing works. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a genius in any way, shape, or form. I, you know, I mean, maybe I got an IQ. I don't know. Never checked. But I studied, you know, marketing and advertising in high school, mainly because it was an elective I could take to get out of English, which was like right on four years of English or, whoa, three years of English and then watch TV commercials and study them and how they're made. And and so I did that in my, I, I think it was my junior year, whatever, my third year of high school. And, uh, you know, we studied advertising, how they use statistics to say what they wanted. We would watch commercials and then we would kind of be tested on what was the hook, what was the trick, what were they lying about, what were they telling the truth about. Well, then when I transferred uh, high schools in my senior year, um, they didn't know that I had taken that. A perfect case of uh, big government not knowing what the right hand and the left hand are doing. And so I got to take it a second time but it was called something different. Modern media was the first time, and then the second time was modern communications. So I took it again. So I only had two years of English, thank God, which I kind of wished I had taken more English because I suck at that. But um, so the second year was the same thing. We made a movie, you know, had a lot of fun and studied more about advertising. So you start to learn, and then when I read 1984 by George Orwell, I was like, you know, they have a whole society built on doublespeak, wordsmithing, changing the meaning of words overnight. And it, and it was, you know, a dystopian kind of world. You know, it looked kind of shitty. I wouldn't want to live in it. But that was at the extreme. But the reality was, they were still using words to deceive, to manipulate, and to lie to people, you know. And so it's the same. We just don't live in that world. But all the things that happened in the book are pretty damn close, especially with doublespeak. I mean, they had all entire agencies that were devoted to changing the meaning of words and, and putting it out in public. And boy, the minute they said that blue was actually green, the next day, the sky was green. Every newscast, every book, they changed all the writings. They ripped pages out of books and changed them and reprinted them and stuff. To where if you said, well, I, I thought yesterday the sky was blue, they would arrest you if you were that stupid to say it in public. We're kind of there with a lot of the words. And, and so... I I was really just kind of, you know, thinking about this because, you know, my buddy had said, you know, I made a mistake by saying I was pro-choice instead of pro-life. And I thought, isn't that funny? Because he actually commented on it and said, I made a mistake by saying I was pro-choice. No, we're all pro-choice. I think it would be a mistake to buy into the two-sided argument that you're either pro-life or pro-choice. I don't think I have a choice to hurt people. I can choose to, and I'll probably go to jail or be arrested. So we all have choices. 
and and the argument is framed in a way to where it's very divisive. It pulls us way apart. And just like with the Overton window, then all of a sudden you're looking over here. The Republicans are so stupid and inept that they go over there and start arguing with it, which only pulls the window over a little bit. And then there it is again, nailed shut, it's 30 degrees off course. So we we need to reframe these arguments. So when people ask me now, are you pro-choice? I'll go, yeah, I think people should have a right to make choices about any aspect of their life. And if they choose to break the law, then they should go to jail or to prison. And if the law has allowed them to have an abortion because the Supreme Court are just basically idiots when it comes to issues like this, and the media won't tell us about things like this, then whatever the construct or the framework of what is and what is not legal should be enforced. And, and so it, it's the same as if a sheriff arrests somebody on the border and, and immediately asks him his immigration status. Well, I think the law is pretty clear. If you've jumped over the wall or the fence and no one saw you, the minute you land on U.S. soil, law enforcement must treat you as an American citizen. That's why they get rights. And then we're like, why do they have rights? Because no one saw them break the law. Just like if they detain you and ask you about questions about a bank robbery, just because you happen to be standing around there, doesn't mean you're the bank robber. So these sheriffs just need to arrest somebody. They go, you're, you're littering, and I have a complaint from this young girl that says you raped her. You're going to jail. Oh, let them go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm here illegal. I'm undocumented. You have to turn me over to ICE or Border Patrol, which you know is like a get-out-of-jail-free card. You say, no, I assume you're a U.S. citizen. You raped another, I assume, a U.S. citizen. We're going to go to jail. And then we'll figure it out in court. And if you can prove that you are an illegal, undocumented immigrant, then fine, we'll go from there. So it's always wordsmithing with these people in Washington. And pro-choice, pro-life is just one of them. I wanted to chat about it a little bit and get, get some stuff off my, uh, my back, off my chest, out of my mouth and out of my head. Because these are things we should be talking about as patriots, as preppers, concerned parents, concerned citizens for border security one way or the other. So I wanted to talk a little bit about it because if you're not aware of your surroundings, situational awareness, then you're going to you know, get caught with your pants down. And when people talk about situational awareness, they're usually talking about gunfights or battles or war or tactical maneuvers or tactically moving, all dealing with military which is good. But what about your situational awareness within 
the world in which we live every day. You know, and these issues jeopardize your security. You know, if they're letting things happen, they're lying to you or deceiving you or fooling you or tricking you or pulling the wool over your eyes or chicanery, whatever. As a prepper or a patriot, you must be aware because these are the things that are going to sneak up and leave you bankrupt, leave you broke, leave you homeless, leave you in a FEMA camp if you're not paying attention to the words that are being spoken by the only way we get the words is from the media. So the media can explain a lot to us even through their lying because if they're going out of their way to use deceitful words, then you know the opposite is true. So you can get a lot of positives from the negatives. And when you watch the news and you see people yakking and yammering on and telling you you should feel this way because they're saying so, then you know you need to start digging a little bit more. It's kind of like your metal detector. If you hear that chirp, maybe you should go over it again, dig down a little bit, go over it again to see what that chirp was. The chirps come in the way of misdirection and little red flags that go off in your head. You go, wait a frickin' minute. What did he just say? And then you go over it again. You Google that shit. You start looking. You dig a little deeper. And then you find out, oh, he's saying what really happened. He's just rose-coloring it um, for the Democrats or the progressives or the liberals, whatever. And, and don't take me wrong, Republicans are just as sneaky, just as conniving, and want to take your money and your freedom and your liberty just as much, if not more, than the Democrats. So don't think that you have an ally on the right, because you don't. They're just trying to pick your right pocket instead of your left pocket. But you know what? We had Bush, Daddy Bush, then we had uh, you know, Clinton, and then we had Junior Bush, and then we had Obama. And, and every time the Republicans have been in charge, what did they do for your freedom and your liberty? They talked a lot about it, but what did they do? The only person that's done anything was Trump by deregulating things, writing new great, good deals, actually giving two shits about America and our prosperity. George Bush, what did he give us? Well, he gave us a $2 trillion war that has solved nothing yet and, and quite literally created more problems than it was worth because it was Iraq. No one cares about that shithole place. I didn't until I heard about it. I started to really care when our son was over there in the military in Operation Iraqi Freedom. Then I cared a lot. But we, we could have went to Mexico. I mean, it's closer. So Bush gave us that. And then, it, then he turned around and, and started Huggy Kissy and having a bromance with Kennedy. And, and that gave us No Child Left Behind, um, which didn't help the education system that much at all. So 
you know, and for you people listening to the podcast instead of on a YouTube video, that was my fingers smashed together showing you how much he really helped us. Um, Bush Sr. didn't do shit for us. Actually, Clinton gave us a pretty good economy by at least being smart enough not to tax the Internet, which created the Internet boom that we enjoy today. But now they want to tax it. Well, now they are taxing that. They want to regulate it and stuff. So don't think these politicians on either side of the aisle give two shits about you and your family and, and your life because they don't. If there's a decision made in Washington, they will give us the talking points. They will give us the, the feel-good bullshit. They will lie. They will omit. They will be divisive. They will divide us apart even more. Pretty soon, white people will hate other white people because I have blonde hair. Well, I used to have blonde hair. Now it's kind of gray and blue eyes. And all of a sudden, uh, people with brown eyes are much more superior than those with blue eyes, especially if they got blonde hair. Oh, man, that's it. And we will go off in la-la land, and they will continue to screw us until they get what they want, which I don't know. I mean, I don't think politicians are the puppet masters. I mean, they're maybe the puppets. They're probably just the strings. They're not even smart enough to be the puppet. You never know who the true movers and shakers are. You will never know who the leader is. You will never see them. You will never hear their name. And because of that true fact, people like George Soros and the Koch brothers, they're just higher up the bullshit ladder. But the people pulling their strings and telling them what to do are unknown. They're, they're just nobodies. They're like a ghost. They're rich, but they don't go out and say, I'm so rich, I'm trying to screw America. I'm so rich, I'm trying to save America. They don't talk about that. They're so rich. They have people that have people that have people that have people that have George Soros and have Koch brothers. That's how high they are. So you have to pay attention. You have to listen. And you have to be able to see the writing on the wall and be able to read that writing on the wall and understand it and comprehend it. And and this was just one of my rants on the, the perfectness of what I'm saying is if you're pro-choice, you must believe in killing babies. And if you're pro-life, you want to stop women and and dictate to them their health. And that's really the choices you have. I thought we had more choices in life, but obviously we don't. You either hate women or love women. You either want them to to have good health or have bad health and die in the streets. And that's why the argument was framed that way. Because the minute you talk against it, you are talking about women and back alley abortions with wire hangers like in the 50s, which is not what we're talking about at all. So I hope this made a little bit of sense to you. I hope you can uh, get your head around the fact that maybe being pro-choice doesn't mean you want to kill babies. It just means that people have a right to make a choice. And if they choose to break the law, they should go to jail. You guys all have a great day or week or whatever it is until the next time. And uh, enjoy the apocalypse because it's coming.